In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. My Lord and my God, I firmly believe that you are here, that you see me, that you hear me. I adore you with profound reverence. I ask your pardon for my sins and the grace to make this time of prayer fruitful. My Immaculate Mother, St. Joseph, my Father and Lord, my guardian angel, intercede for me. With your permission, Lord Jesus Christ, truly present with us in the Blessed Sacrament. Well, the next topic of prayer is spirit of penance. Yes, we need to exercise piety, but to always give an experience of the kindness and affection of Christ takes a lot of penance, a lot of self-denial. Prayer gives us the fuel. It's, it's the fuel, the energy source of our love, but we need to develop virtues like a sport or like a skill or like a language. We've got to repeat those actions until they come, become part of us. Man and woman, by nature, are perfectible. Even Jesus grew in stature before God and man because he's human. And so I need to learn through the enlightenment of the Holy Spirit, speaks, uh, speaks to us through inspiration, speaks to us through good example, speaks to us through cognizance of our sinfulness, our sins of omission. And we want to learn how to live that new commandment of love creating that bright and cheerful home. St. Jose Maria, and I want to do these words justice, or this idea justice, in 1970, he had a get-together, I think, with only Americans. And he had this awareness that this was a one-shot encounter that he would never probably see these people again, at least in this life. And he opened up his heart and made a general paternal suggestion slash correction. And he said that we need more heart. He says, you need to have more heart. And he was saying, you need to show one another more affection. This is 1970s, not 21st century. He says, you take work too seriously. Now, you've got to put that in the context because he's all about sanctification of work. But he was saying that you Americans make it an absolute, and you have to make people an absolute, which is another way of put, making our Lord an absolute. And we do. We, we, we want to do that. We, we're struggling to do that. And, and Jesus says that he makes his followers his absolute because he explains a little bit what it means to be a friend. And he says this, this is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. And he explains his love. Greater love 
has no man than this, that a man laid down his life for his friends. You are my friends. And, he, and that's what he said. Humanly speaking, I love you with everything I have. I can't do better than lay, laying down my life for each and every one of you. And that's the kind of love I need to show. Now, it doesn't mean being put to death. I hope not. And, but at the same time, Jesus says, okay, your, your role model, your standard of reference is the naked dead man nailed to the cross. What's going on there? Well, I, I'm spilling my blood and offering my life for every single person. It's the ultimate act of love. That's, how, that's what you mean to me. Look at my suffering on the cross. That's the price I spent to buy you back. I could have bought you back with a mosquito bite or a hangnail, but no, I bought you back with this. Thomas Aquinas said, this is God's show. He could have bought us back any way he wanted. He could have just said, you're bought back, and that's it. He didn't want to do it that way. He did it through the passion. Jesus, in turn, tells us the kinds of disposition we need to have. And we have to get this through prayer. And St. John's Gospel is geared to Christians, so it's a little bit more candid in times. The bunch of people from the diaspora want to see Jesus, and they say, Sir, they approach these two apostles with Greek names, Andrew and Philip. Sir, we wish to see Jesus. And Jesus says, aha, this is a teaching moment. Isn't that, that's exactly what we heard in yesterday's gospel, that the harvest is great, but the labors are few. There's, there's too few saints. But the harvest is what? We all want, I mean, they don't realize they want, they, everybody wants the peace of Christ. Everybody wants the liberation that only Christ could give. They don't know it. And there's biases against it. And they have caricature notions what Christianity is, all that stuff. But everybody wants the joy of Christ, the consolation of Christ. And so I got to witness, I got to prove that he is consolation, he is freedom, he is joy. And so Jesus doesn't, at least it's not recorded here, doesn't say, okay, boys, bring the guys in. You know, just bring them, of course they can see me. Bring them in. He doesn't say that. He kind of, it seems like he changes the subject and says, the hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Truly, truly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat, I'm the grain of wheat, you're the grain of wheat, unless the grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone. If it dies, it bears much fruit. He who loves his life loses it. And he who hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. If anyone serves me, he must follow me. Okay. All right, well, Lord, how do I translate this into my humdrum daily routine? I said this in spiritual direction, and it's, it's generic because I'm not a very original man, and I usually 
I guess you're allowed to plagiarize because that's what, when you preach the gospel, you're plagiarizing the gospel, or you're plagiarizing a saint, or you're plagiarizing a, a theologian. So I probably plagiarized this. Uh, well, how do I live more charity? Well, try to encourage your wife three times a day out of devotion to the Trinity. Okay. That's it? Yeah. Do that. Report back. I would say virtually all the people who have taken that advice to heart have complained that this is very difficult and with all sorts of good excuses. It's tiring. Uh, I'm not greeted with a warm hello. I'm ignored. Or I have hardly crossed the threshold of my front door and my spouse is venting. And I say also to, you know, I say the same thing to the wives. You know, why don't you do a little affirming here? You know, that's kind of characteristic of our culture. Lots of, you know, you know, gobs and gobs of affirmation. Well, why don't you give your husband and your kids a little bit of affirmation. And, and, and all, they both complain that it's hard to do it every day, every day, literally. I go, yeah, literally, three times. And once you get three times, we're going to, you know, crank it up to five. You know, and until you do it a hundred times, we haven't even scratched the surface. So that's very discouraging to hear that. But that is what is dying to ourselves means. The overall disposition is to lay down my life and translate that foot washing, being that grain of wheat. And I understand, I perfectly understand. Uh, it's a long day's work. You just need a little bit of respite, uh, a Sprite or something even more potent, maybe a, a game, a news, a show, a book, a magazine, whatever. Leave me. I want to be left in peace. I don't want to hear about the new Indian recipe of the next door neighbor, the woman next door, or the new Greek recipe, or the new Russian, you know. I don't want to hear about it. Or there's a great diet program, and it really works. I mean, Cynthia's lost 12 pounds in two weeks. You know, honey, I, right now I'm not up for that. I, I just need to chill out. You know, there's books that say that men run out of words by 4 o'clock in the afternoon. You know, and, and women haven't even gotten started by then. You know, you read that article, you know, leave me in peace, just a little bit. Well, I've got to be our Lord on the cross, and it has to be translated in the ordinary. I've got to really die to myself. And it takes effort, I don't know about you, it takes effort to always be upbeat. Not that we have to be weird and giggling all the time and laughing all the time. Yeah, I dented my car and, you know, no problem. I orphaned it up and that's the important thing, you know. Uh, or my team lost. So what? That's not important. No, that, we have to be very human. But... But, but to put on that smile, and I, I'm plagiarizing again, believe it or not, 
I plagiarized it from Saint Jose Maria. You know, he did. A, you know, he got a little bit of bad press for all the penances he did, sleeping on the floor and using these uh, penances that these great saints of times past used. Lots and lots of intense fasting and you know illnesses and all that. I was kind of struck. He said, "You will discover that a smile." is the, one of the hardest forms of penance when you don't feel like it, to put that smile on your face. And what is that laying down that I'm always, that the person next to me is the most, that person is my, the center of my attention. I was taught to a young person. This is not a fraternal correction, not even to the young person who was talking to me. He corrected me. You know, I'm talking to him, and he's, I don't know what he's doing. His thumbs are going, you know, at the speed of light there, you know? And um, I go, you, do you hear me? You know, yeah. I go, what are you doing? I'm texting my friend. I go, listen to me. I am, but I'm telling my friend I'm listening to you. I go, you have to do that? Well, I don't want to forget. You know, I'm telling him that I'm talking to a priest right now, and, he's, and you're talking to me. Just keep going, I'm listening. Anyway. Uh, well, maybe he was giving rapt attention, I don't know. I'll make an act of faith, a big act of faith. That whether, it's, whether I'm chilling out that I give rapt attention... Um, I heard uh, an anecdote of um, St. John Paul that uh, people have talked to him that when you talk to him you had the sense that you were the most important person in the world. Nobody else was around, right? You are the center of attention. And he's listening to everything you say. And I thought that was exaggerated until I read one, a biography of sorts who said, I saw, John Paul said himself, St. John Paul, that everyone who talked to me, everybody who approached to me, I felt it was our Lord asking me for my attention. So it was pretty accurate. And maybe that's what Jesus means when he corrected the Pharisees, saying, I, and the, the, they were good at fasting and they, they gave alms and they prayed a lot. You know, I want mercy and not sacrifice. Oh, good, I, don't, I can eat as much as I want now or drink as much as I want, or be as comfortable. No, he's not saying that. He's just saying that there's certain, that I want the charity. Because without the charity, I, I, I get bored with the other kind. I need the charity. I need the deeds of mercy. I want you to be a better listener to your spouse. Yeah, but she's talking about that new recipe. I want you to be a better listener to your spouse. I want you to take what she says seriously because she's saying it, whether it's about a diet, whether it's about a current event, whether it's about a, a homily, whatever it is. 
Well, I talked to my son, he's a teenager, and he grunts, and when he's in better mood, he just gives me a one-word answer. What do I do with that? Still be bright and cheerful. My teenage daughter gets panic attacks because I'm so uncool. She can't believe it. And I don't even get one-word answers out of her. I get eyes rolling. My gosh, I can't believe you said that. Unconditional love. Unconditional joy, and St. Paul says, charity never fails. And we're, we're doing it. And Lord, you've got to teach me, and you've got to help me want to, uh, that you are, you are my daughter, you are my son, you are my friend, you are my spouse, you are my extended family, you are my colleague, you are in that colleague who doesn't like me. Help me create that Nazareth. And that requires a lot of penance, a lot of self-denial. We know that. And, and fasting is easier. I'm not saying it's easy, but it's easier than this reaching out, showing interest, giving that false impression, quote-unquote, that I'm, I'm available. We are available. But we are in a busy culture. We have a lot going on. We have a lot on our plate. And I need to make that act of faith and act of sacrifice that people come first. Because, Lord, you come first. I'd say, well, we're going to finish up. That what's key here, we go back to that same point that I make the necessary sacrifices to keep my fixed time for prayer. And, you know... I've had um, a little bit of challenges with uh, one of my appendages, my left leg, and I've gone to uh, physical therapy. I call it physical direction. And uh, my sensation is, is this really a good use of my time? And uh, you're doing this exercise and that exercise. And the uh, lady says, you want to walk? I go, yeah, well, you got to do what, you do it and do what I'm telling you to tell you. Do, do, do what you're told. Okay? Uh -huh. She could be my granddaughter. Um, okay, yes, ma'am. Um, and it feels like a real waste of time. But I'm discovering it's not. It, 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 it works. And sometimes, you know, this fixed time of prayer and this time, you know, I'm, I'm a busy man and there's a lot going on. Uh, it's, it's a little bit like that physical therapy. It is absolutely necessary to fulfill what Jesus is asking of us, to die to ourselves and create that ambiance of love. And if I find I'm not loving enough, St. Maria says in the way, well, you know, look, look, maybe there, is, maybe there is a little something between you and God. Maybe you're not dealing with God enough. Give me the strength, Lord. Give me that uh, charity energy, that fuel to lay down myself, lay down my life for first by the members of my family and then all those friends I have, all those colleagues I have, by my demeanor, by my joy, by my conversation, by my interest I have in them. I thank you, my God, for the good resolutions, affections, and inspirations you have communicated to me in this meditation. I ask your help in putting them into effect. My Immaculate Mother, St. Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me.